I don't think you can fully appreciate your life if it's only sunshine. You know, you have to experience sorrow to really feel the joy of it. So injury, illness, uh, challenges are all a, a part of life and they're all an integral part of life and a necessary part of life so that we grow, we change, and we understand the value of life. When cancer enters your life, things get real very quickly. Receiving a cancer diagnosis and undergoing treatment can quickly put one's life out of balance. How can one endeavor to find equilibrium while facing extreme fear and trauma, as well as undergoing harsh but potentially life-extending therapies and treatment? Today I'm speaking with Cindy Fraser artist, writer, and teacher who leads a yoga class for people living with cancer and chronic illnesses. Cindy talks about yoga's usefulness as a tool to help us navigate our lives, in particular when dealing with cancer and its treatment. She also discusses the grounding of her work in the Chinese philosophy of Taoism, seeking balance within ebb and flow and the guiding principles of simplicity, compassion, and patience. I'm Diane McDaniel, and this is Real Cancer. Thank you, Cindy, for coming in today to chat with me about yourself and your work with yoga students who are dealing with cancer or other chronic illnesses. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you started teaching this class? Well, I started practicing yoga 30-odd years ago. And when I turned 50, I decided that I sort of weighed all the things that had made a difference in my life, and yoga was among the, the primary things that had really changed my life in a, in a subtle but profound way. And so I decided to become a teacher. And I did my teacher training at Santa Monica Yoga. At the time, Rick Gould was the founder of the studio, and he was teaching there. And I took my teacher training from him. And about, oh, six months after I did teacher training, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. And so part of the way he navigated through his cancer was to start teaching and to get involved. And he first he went over to the Wellness Center and taught, and then he decided to offer a class at Santa Monica Yoga. And subsequently, it was, he was in stage four cancer when he was diagnosed, and so he passed away, and, and I inherited the class. So I've been teaching that class on and off for about 15 years. And it, it just is, was kind of... The first thing I did as a teacher, one of the first things, and probably one of the most meaningful things that I have done as a teacher. And it's kind of informed all of my teaching because I, uh, I have ended up doing a lot of adaptive yoga for people who have limitations and chronic illnesses and injuries. And so I don't teach the standard issue classes that are offered in most studios. I have broadened that out a little bit, given the perspective I've gotten back from, in particular, my cancer students. So you were really just at the very beginning of your, your own teaching when you started teaching that class. Yes. 
What made you want to work with that particular population? What made you want to take over his class? Yoga had had such a profound effect on my life. The reason that I got involved in yoga was because I, I had some minor injury, injuries. And just taking the yoga affected my entire life. And so when I got involved with this, with the population of people who had some really profound things they were dealing with, it was obvious to me that yoga was a, a really useful tool. It, it is for everyone, I think. It helps us all navigate a little bit more successfully through our lives. But in particular, when you're dealing with something as scary and as traumatic as a cancer diagnosis and the treatment, I think that yoga is about as useful a tool as you can have to help you navigate through that. So I, I guess that's what motivated me to keep teaching it. And then when when I could see that it was useful to people, it just made me want to do it more. So, right. and, and I also learned a lot from, as a teacher, most of what I know is what I learned from my students. And this population of, of students taught me a lot. I want to um, definitely get into that. But I was wondering, do, would you feel comfortable talking a little bit about how yoga affected you personally? You said it had a really big impact on your life. Would you mind elaborating on that a little bit? I'd be happy to. I started out just, I was an athlete, I've been an athlete my whole life. I was a runner as a kid, and in my 30s I started to get little injuries, and it made me feel that I needed to do something, approach things a little bit differently if I wanted to be viable in the long term. At the same time, I was going through a really rocky period in my marriage, which ended up in divorce, and probably the physical injuries and the, the tr that experience were related. But at the time, I just went because I had physical injuries. And then as I began to practice yoga, I started to feel at a, a subtle level, but a profound level, the usefulness of a practice. Um, and the usefulness in terms of how not just getting on the mat and exercising, but it, it's just a different, it helps you move through your day in a different way a little more even way, a little more balanced way. And sometimes that's the best you can do, is find a little bit of balance in a very imbalanced situation. And yoga helped me do that. Mm. I have found it to be uh, that way for me as well, to understand how to uh, find balance, um, which is really always about refinding balance. And, and you don't kind of find balance and stay there, but you're constantly kind of adjusting into balance. Exactly. And I think that, that the lesson of a yoga practice is that there there is no balance except for the there's just an ebb and a flow. So balance as we think about it in, in static terms doesn't really exist. There's always a, you know, when I do balance poses with my students, they all want to nail it. They all want to just be on point. And the, the real point is that every day it's different. Every situation is different. Energetically, we're different from moment to moment. And, and the best you can do is recognize that and, and just kind of go with that flow. I mean, I'm just thinking about that in terms of my own uh, cancer treatment and the time after treatment, the almost year and a half now since then. And it's, it's really been a continual 
process of, of uh, finding balance, losing balance, uh, uh, striving for balance, maybe finding it again for a little bit, but constantly adjusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked about feeling that yoga was particularly uh, useful for people um, going through a cancer treatment or after cancer. Uh, could you talk a little bit about about that? Well, I think that cancer, at so many levels, at a psychological level and at a physical level, impacts people in in a in, for lack of a better word, a really aggressive way. It's trauma. And the, the kind of yoga that I practice is based in Taoism, which is, again, about balance. It's just about the fact that all in life has its opposite, and therefore it's balance. And that in order to, to appreciate one, you, you can't have one without the other. You can't have the good without the bad. And so when people come into a class and they're feeling the, the trauma and the fear that go with cancer, it is very nice to be able to offer them something that is um, maybe the opposite of that, even if it's for an hour on the mat, something that allows them to, to experience that hour or a moment of that hour um, that's the opposite that isn't aggressive, that isn't uh, frightening. And in a way, they can recalibrate. And if you can do it for five minutes on the mat, then somehow that registers, and perhaps you can do it for longer than that when you get off the mat. And so it is, I think, the process of yoga and the, the fact that yoga is built around the breath, it makes yoga available to you wherever you go. So you get on the mat, you practice, part of it follows you out of the room. Um, and it's not the physical part as much as it is the the knowledge that you have something available to you that can help you um, be a little bit more measured about how you react to your day, how you move through your day, and um, how you wind up at the end of the day. Right. What did you know about uh, cancer and what people with cancer need before you began teaching this class? And what have you learned from teaching the class? Well, I didn't know a lot. Uh, my dad had just died of cancer, and then I watched Rick go through his process. I learned a lot from both of those processes, a lot from Rick. He was very, uh, my dad went largely un unnoticed, so so it wasn't so much about cancer as much as it was just his illness that we, that we went through. Um, but Rick was very open about his cancer. He started a, a blog at the studio, on the, on the website at the studio. He showed up at, in class with his chemo IV and taught class. He was very open about it, and he, he was very open with me about what he did and did not uh, resonate to in terms of people's reactions and people's input um, when it came to the cancer. And, and I, I learned a lot from him in terms of boundaries. Um, he didn't like people to be 
overly sympathetic. He wanted to, to be normal. He wanted to show up and teach his class and do it in the context of his cancer, but do it. And, and so when I started my class, when I took over his class, I kind of did it in that spirit of just, I think that what I've learned from the, the people I know who've had cancer is that everyone goes through it differently. We all find our own path through all of our challenges and trials in life. And particularly when you have cancer, you're not feeling well and you're afraid and, and you may or may not have a great support system, then you either seek it outside, but you find your own way. And so I offer a class because of my experience with Rick and with other people I know who've had cancer, I offer a class that's fairly neutral. I don't talk about cancer a lot. I talk about energetic balance because usually people are fatigued. They're having, they don't feel well. They're fatigued. They, they feel completely out of control. And so I offer a class that allows them the opportunity to bring those things back into balance. I started coming to your class when I was doing my chemotherapy, and I I really hadn't been doing much of anything because I just really had no energy at all. And uh, one of the things I found to be so um, helpful about your class was that I knew it was never going to be more than what I needed, and that the the hour-long class and just what we were doing in class, I wasn't going to be surprised. Suddenly we were going to have, you know, something completely new to do. It was really going to be something that I could feel comfortable with each time. And um, for me, that was a big step to, to come to class on a pretty regular basis and, um, and to feel like it was going to be something I could handle. And then, of course, if I couldn't handle it, I could just lie down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, the benefit of having a mat at hand. You can always just opt to lie on your mat if you're not feeling well enough. And, and I, I, I think the other challenge is when, and the other thing I've learned about teaching a class is that you have a room full of people, all of whom are in a little bit different place physically, emotionally, and energetically. So you have to teach to a common denominator. And for me, that common denominator is the, is the breath. And it's balance. And all I can do is encourage people to use their breath to help create a balance in their practice and thereby create a little bit different balance in their life. Right. How is this class uh, that's really for people dealing with cancer and chronic illnesses um, similar and different to other classes that you teach? It's actually very similar to most of the classes I teach in that it has the, the Taoist perspective, which is simply that you know, the practice is there to help you create a balance in your life. So, and all my classes are gentle. I don't um, subscribe to the no pain, no gain philosophy that goes along with much of this Western thought on everything. I think most people overdo things, and I think most people overdo things physically. And that most yoga practices, especially the vinyasa flow practices, while they're fun and they're, they're great for certain things, a lot of people can't access a practice like that without getting injured. 
And that is doubly true of people who have physical limitations, especially if you have cancer, you don't want to overdo things. So uh, I sort of doubled down on the emphasis in my cancer classes that doing less is more, that simplicity is kind of the guideline. The, the Dao, one of my favorite lines from the Tao is that our three greatest treasures are simplicity, patience, and compassion. And so in my class, in all my classes, I emphasize that, but in particular, I emphasize it with my patients who are in treatment for cancer because you cannot do a simple enough practice and you certainly cannot do a compassionate enough practice for yourself when you're in that state. And there's no way you can be patient enough. I mean, everybody wants to feel better now. But if you can get on your mat and you can feel better for a moment, uh, that's the victory. And so I, I try to emphasize those things maybe a little bit more in, in classes for my cancer patients. And I also, I really emphasize not overdoing it because physically most cancer patients in treatment are as tapped out as they could possibly be. Right. Uh, you've mentioned the Tao and a Taoist philosophy a few times. Could you just talk about that, uh, like a little tiny glimpse into what that's all about? Well, uh, yes. Taoism is a philosophy. comes from the Tao Te Ching. Um, it's a philosophy that basically, a Chinese philosophy that basically states that everything in life has its opposite. I think the best example in our lives is our breath. You have an inhale, you have an exhale. Uh, one does not exist without the other. So you can't choose that you'd rather have the inhale or you'd rather have the exhale. And the same applies to everything else in life. And um, one of the other stated parts of that philosophy is that um, life is about the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. So. I don't think you can fully appreciate your life if it's only sunshine. You know, you have to experience sorrow to really feel the joy of it. So injury, illness, uh, challenges are all a part of life and they're all an integral part of life and a necessary part of life so that we grow, we change, and we understand the value of life. And so for me that... Um, that's my interpretation of Taoism. And the, and the practice itself, a physical Taoist practice, is one of balancing yin energy and yang energy. Yin is quiet, cool, dark, feminine. Yang is warm, alive, active, masculine. And in a Taoist yoga practice, we work to balance those energies. And so if you're going through a really aggressive illness like cancer or an aggressive treatment, then you want to do a pretty yin practice, a pretty quiet, internal, personal practice. So that's the kind of practice that I typically offer to my cancer patients. Thank you. Um, earlier you mentioned about having learned about yoga, having learned about cancer from your students. I was wondering just what kind of feedback you get from your students and what have you learned from teaching this group of students? Uh, well, I've learned a lot, but um, I've learned about generosity. They, 
you know, all these people who go through so much and are involved in so many difficult situations offer each other and me so much in terms of their heart and their soul. I've learned that community is really important. And, and although I think doing your own practice is important and I encourage that, I also think, especially for these students, that it's nice to come into a room full of people who have a shared experience. And even though it isn't stated in my class, it's a given. You know, the people are there who are there, who show up for the cancer class, have that in common. And it may manifest in a variety, it manifests in as many individual ways as there are individuals in the room. But it's the common denominator, and I think there's some comfort in, in being there. And I, and I, so I've learned a lot about community, and I've learned a lot about resilience. I've learned about, a lot about just the human spirit from them. From people listening to the podcast or just other people who have cancer and uh, who are interested in exploring the practice of yoga, what would you tell them to be looking for and and what you um, feel they could get out of starting a yoga practice? I would suggest that they look for a gentle practice. It doesn't necessarily, uh, unless you have had surgeries and you have really profound physical limitations, you could go to a gentle yoga class as long as you're willing to just go and do whatever is available to you from your own perspective. There are tons of things online that you could try, but I would suggest that if you're going to practice, you do it in the spirit of healing yourself, nurturing yourself, being compassionate with yourself, um, and offering yourself the space to to explore ways to feel better in your body. No matter how lousy you feel, if you just lie and, and breathe, you usually feel a little better. If you stretch a little bit, you feel better. Your body's designed to move, and so it feels better if it can move. And so I would encourage just to approach it in a gentle way. Um, there are lots of community resources now that offer yoga classes. Uh, um, I know here in this area, there are cancer support communities that offer yoga classes, qigong classes, tai chi, all sorts of different resources. So if you're not averse to going and plugging into a community like that, then that might be where you should start because they, the teachers who work there are well-versed in the challenges that, that are presented for, for people with cancer. Thank you so much. I think this has been really um, a wonderful discussion to think about um, what, what benefits could come from exploring this, uh, this practice during, uh, during this time. So thanks so much for coming in. No, thank you, Diana. That's it for today's episode. Please subscribe to Real Cancer wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us via Twitter at RealCancerPod and email us with episode ideas at RealCancerPodcast at gmail.com. 
If you know of someone who'd be a terrific guest, I'd love to know about it. Until next time, I'm Diane McDaniel.